All right. Good morning, everyone. If I don't know you, my name is Sam. Um, I'm the associate minister uh, here at One Church, which is great. I've been in, uh, in Brighton for two years this January. Whoa. Um, it's been a really normal, mundane two years, so uh, it's been good. Um, and yes, as Fran said, we are starting this morning a journey that's going to take us through January and uh, through February as well, looking at this book, Spiritual Formation by Henri Nouwen. Um, if you don't know, uh, Henri Nouwen is a little bit of a, a kind of a fave of mine. I was chatting to someone this week. He's like, Sam, you must be so excited that you're doing a series on Henri Nouwen. He's like one of the people, one of my kind of go-to quote people. Um, but having said that, I've got a little bit of confession to make, which is that I've only read two Henri Nouwen books, um, and he wrote loads, but I've read two. One is this one, um, and the other one is a fantastic book, which you should also buy and also read, called The Road to Peace. Um, it's all about like the call of the call of us as Christians to um, bring peace to a world marked by violence. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, so sorry about that. I've only read two books, but um, they kind of, there's so much in those because those two books kind of bring out, I think, what's one of the marks of what makes Henri Nouwen such a cool guy to look at and to read. Um, there's this book on spiritual formation, this book on um, kind of really focusing on the interior life, like what goes on in my heart? What does, what does faith look like as it's played out in, in the kind of unseen parts of my life? And how does God want to form me? Uh, but then there's also this whole thing about the church being involved in society, um, in the road to peace. And like, what, what does that look like? Like, what, does our, what should our impact be beyond this room? And I think um, one of the things is when you kind of when you look at any kind of serious contemplative, like anyone who's really serious about um, kind of personal prayer and spending loads of time with God or silence, what you find is those people don't tend to be the people who then just hide away and don't get involved in the world. They tend to be the people who can actually be really, really beautifully, profoundly effective and actually shaping and bringing change to the world. And I really love that, um, that kind of thing that we need to hold together as Christians, that there's this, there's this kind of what, what Nouwen calls the journey inward and the journey outward, and you can't separate them. In, our, in, in this church, we've got um, language that's been used for the last couple of years, this kind of in-swing and outswing. And actually, we get into a real problem as church when we try and separate those two. When you're just like, oh, we're just an outswing church, or I'm just an outswing person, or I'm just an inswing person, or just an inswing church. What we need to do is to, is to hold those two things together. Like, say yes to both. Yes to actually uh, being people of faith means saying, what does the Holy Spirit want to do in my life? What are the ways that God wants to shape me that I need to kind of open myself and open my heart more to becoming more like Christ? And that says, simultaneously, without distinction, what is the way that the world needs to be a better place, that Brighton needs to be a better place because we are here and because we are being shaped by such a God? And um, as we go into 2022... Um, don't know about you, but I'd quite like to see us as a church doing more, not less. Like, uh, that's, probably a, that's probably just an obvious thing to say, but if you look at things like Chomp, actually, I'd love to see Chomp feeding more people. It'd be great if more young people across Brighton get empowered to get into work through barista training. It'd be great um, if, if we... Uh, 
d- help counsel more people who are really struggling. Like all of those things we want to see more of, we want to do more of. And so it might feel like a bit of a kind of, I think the reason I'm saying this is this, it might feel like a little bit of a kind of full start to begin the year with two months that seem quite introspective. And yet, I think this is actually such an important part of how 2022 could look for us. Because by starting and saying, okay, what, what are the kind of, what are the stones in the jar, to use a Dave phrase? I'm going to probably, I'm starting to use a lot of Dave phrases. I always find when you listen to like sermons from any specific church, over time, all the curates or all that kind of staff start to sound like, um, so it's probably going to start happening here. Sorry about that. Um, so what the, but what are the kind of stones in the jar that I need to kind of put into my life that, uh, that will actually, that won't just make us more introspective, but will help us to do the out stuff from a place of actual spiritual health and a place of actual heart health so that we're not just then, um, oh, what can we do to change everyone else's lives? And actually we end up inflicting all our own um, kind of weirdness and dysfunctionality onto everyone else outside these walls. Um, Something that Henri Nouwen uh, says at the end of this book, there's this like little epilogue um, on, on in kind of in-swing, out-swing, journey inward and journey outward. He says this, and I think this is kind of, it's just a beautiful way to begin as we think about these next couple of months. He says this, only out of the prayerful place of solitude and introspection. Oh, I've got this slide up, Caben, sorry. I'm not, I'm not very good at communicating that. <clears throat> only out of the prayerful place of solitude and introspection can we hope for community and ministry? The journey inward precedes the journey outward, and the chronology is important. Spiritually, we need to know ourselves and God in order to know other people. We need to love ourselves and God in order to love other people. Once the inward journey has begun, we can move outwardly from solitude to community and ministry. Um, Oh, is it not working? Great. Black screens are good, aren't they? Ah, there we go. Look, it even goes over the edges, just like I meant it to. Brilliant. Um, but I love that. So once that inward journey has begun, we can move outwards. I love that kind of focus. Like It's not like you need to spend all your time in church and wait to get sorted out before the journey of outward service begins. That would obviously would never get anywhere. We'd never do anything. Um, but just recognizing we've got a responsibility to kind of be born again, to use a very kind of old school phrase, or to, to, to allow, allow the spirit to shape us um, and change us. There's a lovely way that Henri Nouwen um, kind of puts this in the introduction in this book, and I'm going to shape the rest of our time, um, which hopefully won't be that. No, I should never say that. Um, <laughs> well, the kids are going to come back in in 20 minutes, so it's uh, up to them, really. Um, but that kind of, yeah, that shapes what I think he's talking about um, as we go through this. He says this, Spiritual formation, I have come to believe, is not about steps or stages on the way to perfection. It's about the movements from the mind to the heart through prayer in its many forms that reunite us with God, each other, and our truest selves. 
Now, there's a lot in that little sentence, isn't there? It's kind of like one of those, like, and you have to kind of break it up um, and kind of think about it. So what we're going to do is break it up and think about it. Um, and I'm going to hang the, the rest of this kind of little introduction talk today on some of the things he says um, in, this, in this little passage. Um, and, and the first one really is this. What is spiritual formation not like when we talk about the movement of the spirit in our lives what does it not mean and and the first thing what it doesn't mean he says is it's not about steps or stages on the way on the road to perfection um it's there's kind of a temptation i think in in the church and in christian books i don't know about you but when i was growing up there was always another christian book on basically the way i saw it was how to crack the christian life and it seemed to me to be by a leader who was basically saying listen and I was kind of all over the place as a Christian. And then I mastered these five key things. And since then, my spiritual journey has just been like, woohoo, like nonstop upward. I hear from God every day. Like it's kind of this really simplification of what it means to walk with God. Um, and it's just, it's not real, is it? Like that doesn't ring true to life. One of my favorite things about this book here is that right at the beginning of the introduction, this is how he begins. He says, after many years of seeking to live a spiritual life, I still ask myself, where am I as a Christian? How far have I advanced? Do I love God more now than earlier in my life? Have I matured in faith since I started on the spiritual path? Honestly, I don't know the answers to these questions. There are just as many reasons for pessimism as for optimism. Many of the real struggles of 20 or 40 years ago are still very much with me. I'm still searching for inner peace, for creative relationships with others, and for a deeper experience of God. And I have no way of knowing if the small psychological and spiritual changes during the past decades have made me more or less a spiritual person. Now, genuinely, and I'm not being silly, that actually makes me want this guy to be my teacher. Like, I don't want someone who just claims to have cracked everything about what it means to know God, what it means to live in inner peace, what it means to know God's spirit with you all the time, and just like, oh, now, Sam, just just let me show you how it's all done. What I want is someone who can articulate something of the, what I have in me, which is this feeling of, I, I often just don't know how I'm doing. Like, some days are better than others, but sometimes I just think, where is God? And why am I still struggling with that thing? And why do I still feel all this resentment? And what does that make sense? It's like, do you remember the bit where Paul is writing his letter to the Philippians? And he, he kind of goes off on one about like, oh, you know, everything else is rubbish to me. And I just want to know Christ and, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. And then he's like, but don't worry, not that I've already attained to this. Like, I'm not there yet. I've not been made perfect yet. I'm not whole yet. But I can still point towards something. It's not like there's just this linear graph that your spiritual life should just go up and up and up and be better and better and better. There's a real lifeness to what spiritual formation looks like, which is bumpy and sometimes painful and sometimes encouraging and sometimes discouraging. But I want I want. I want someone who understands that to be my teacher. And I think Henri Nouwen really, really understands that. And there's a lot of honesty in this book. Like, if you get it and you read it, you'll get a sense of this guy who's, who doesn't claim to have all the answers. 
but who can offer us profound insights as someone who walks the road beside us about what it might look like to experience fuller relationship with God and fuller um, uh, kind of... Uh, I don't know, fulfillment of our spiritual journey. Um, throughout this series, he's going to talk about a number, of, a number of different ways that that kind of happens in our lives. Um, like God moving us from kind of one way of being to another way of being over time. They don't happen in order. They don't, one doesn't have to be completed before the, the other one begins. It's just kind of like these things that God might move us from and to, like moving us from fear to love, or moving us from exclusion to inclusion, from illusion to prayer, from resentment to gratitude, from denying to befriending death. Um, <laughs> that's a nice one, isn't it? Um, but, but these really, really important things um, that what I kind of hope from this series, to be honest, what I hope is that each week, maybe not each week, but that, that some of those weeks, that some of those kind of ideas will like hit you in the chest. That's kind of my hope. That, that, that there might be one or two things where you're like, oh gosh, okay, maybe that's what the Spirit wants to do in me right now. Maybe that's the next lesson for me to learn. Maybe that's the next thing for me to grow. Spiritual formation is not just about steps or stages on the way to perfection. So what is it about? Now, this is kind of a strange phrase, but he says it's about the movements from the mind to the heart. Now, that phrase comes up loads throughout this book. So I, I kind of was tempted to kind of ignore it in this introduction, but I think it's really important because it's something that he talks about a lot. But I think the reason that I was tempted to ignore it is that the first time I read this book, I basically just ignored this phrase because I didn't really know what it meant. Like, for me, it feels like I want Christianity so much of the time. I want it to be about something that happens just in my head. I want it to be something that I can learn the answers to, that I can, if I know enough about the Bible, or if I know enough about spirituality, or if I know enough about God, then the kind of right answers will solve all my inner turmoil, or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but actually, I think what, he, what he's saying here is that on this journey of spiritual formation that we're going to be looking at together, um, there are some things, and maybe the most important things, that your kind of intellectual mind can't do, can't get you to, can't bring you to. Um, and that, that a lot of it needs to happen in a deeper place than that. Like, I think some of my faith... I, and like I'm not blaming my faith journey for this. I think it's just kind of a default in me as well. Is like I've kind of forgotten how to actually engage with some of the deepest parts of my life. It's like there's this kind of hidden stuff going on. And often, I don't know if this resonates with you, but often I don't even know what that is. Like some people ask me, oh, how are you doing, Sam? And I'll say I'm fine. And it's not because I'm lying. It's just because I actually don't know. Like, I don't know how to articulate some of what I'm feeling inside. Does that ring true for anyone else? And I, a lot of the journey of, of spiritual formation, of, of learning what living with Christ looks like, requires a bit of a reckoning of, like, what is actually going on in my life? Like, under the hood, under the surface, how am I actually feeling? This week, I was reading this book again, which, incidentally, is really short, like, seven or eight chapters, 125 pages, like, easy. Um, but, um, so, yeah, having a quick look through it this week. Um, and what really floored me was his chapter on resentment to gratitude. 
Now, I don't think of myself as a massively resentful person, but it was just this moment of being like, as I was reading this chapter, I was like, oh, yeah, I do a lot of holding on to things. Like, that's actually happening under the surface, and I don't notice it most of the time. And maybe this is kind of an opportunity to engage, not just in my mind, but kind of in my heart, if that makes a different, if that makes sense to you. Like, I know we actually do all our thinking up. Anyway, blah. Um, but kind of engage with something a little bit deeper. Um, some of you might know a guy called Peter Schizzaro, who's a, an American author and pastor. Um, and he wrote a kind of series of books a few years back on emotionally healthy Christians. And he basically kind of his kind of fundamental thing is this. The church produces tons of people who kind of know answers to things and who know that they should kind of go to prayer meetings and they go to services and they put their hands up and they kind of respond in all the right ways, but look under the surface and their lives are a bit of an emotional mess. Like it's people who kind of who have a lot of things kind of seemingly right, but who actually haven't been transformed in a kind of deep way by the love of Christ. And what does it look like as we let that happen? Um, Henri now mentions this guy a few times who's got a really cool name called Theophan the Recluse which I'd quite like to be named a recluse. Like that's, I feel like that's kind of now a life goal. It's like, okay, yeah, I can live up to that. Um, but uh, it mentions this guy, Theophan the Recluse, who was a um, 19th century uh, Russian chap, um, who said, I will remind you of only one thing. One must descend with the mind into the heart and there stand before the face of the Lord ever-present, all-seeing within you. Now, there's a lot in that as well, but I love this idea. Firstly, I, I, I love this idea that God is in the depths of me with his kindness, with his love already. Like there's kind of, there's nothing to fear from looking a little bit deeper within. It might seem like, oh, I just want to avoid all that mess, but actually God's already present there. God's already looking with kindness on those bits of me, and I love that. But I also love that he says you must descend like that there's a journey, it's a journey not upwards, but downwards. And I think often, again, we can think of spirituality as like this thing where we're trying to go higher, we're trying to get further, we're trying to win, we're trying to achieve, we're trying to, like, come on, I can get this. And it's as if it's like a journey up Mount Carmel to the Lord or something like that. Um, but I love the humility of saying, actually, there's some downwardness to this. There's some humility involved in this. There's some reckoning um, involved in this as well. So I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, just really quickly, I think a lot of my attitude to this stuff was affected um, by the kind of mentality that comes from, uh, you know that verse in John 8, um, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And um, like it's easy to kind of fall back on a, on a little verse like that. Like it's about knowing the truth and then that truth will set you free. But like the full context of that verse is Jesus looking at a bunch of people who were, who were kind of believing in me. Um, but he says, he actually says the whole thing is if you continue in my word, then you're truly my disciples and the truth will set you free. In other words, like there's an actual, it's not just about what you know, what you think. It's about how those words, how what I teach, shapes your inner life. 
If you continue in my word, what does that look like? And be truly my disciples, what does that look like? Then you get to experience freedom. Um, one of my feelings, again, reading this book this week, has been that so much of what Henri Nouwen talks about is like experiencing freedom. It's like experiencing um, like, like what it means to be set loose from some of the thoughts and ways of thinking that keep us captive. And it's left me just with this feeling of longing. Like, I want that. Like a bit of a hunger um, for like, oh man, I really, I really want um, for, for the kind of what God wants to do in my life. Like in a way that maybe I haven't felt for a little while. Um, and that's really cool. But I love that it, it, it's, it's not just something that, that I can just hopefully expect to happen at some point. Um, he used this phrase next. Um, it, movements from the mind to the heart through prayer in its many forms. And this is kind of like, it's another bit that I didn't really want to talk about this morning. Um, because basically, <laughs> one of the things that Henri Nouwen says, and I think this is also true, if you look at any of the mystics, any of the kind of people who are serious about um, spirituality, is they will all say at some point, there's got to be a decision to, again, to put some stones in a jar, <laughs> to, be, to be like, okay, what disciplines are going to help this happen in my life? Like, realistically, if I don't make some decisions to, to actually take some time to be quiet with God, or to actually take a bit of time to read, or to actually take a bit of time to pray, or to go for a walk, or to invest in community, or in journey group, or whatever like that, if I don't take that time, realistically, what's going to happen is my life will just kind of carry on in this endless cycle of scrolling Facebook on my phone and responding to immediate requests in my family. Like, that's kind of my, like, just being completely realistic, that's what's going to happen. And so a little bit of a challenge kind of going into these next few weeks is as we look at these things, um, it's all very well kind of reading this book together and, and kind of, oh, yeah, I'd love for that to happen in my life. I'd love for God to do that in my life. But realistically, how are we going to create some spaces in our lives where this, can, this stuff can actually go a little bit deeper. Does that make sense? Now, that's uh, like, it's not, a ch I don't love to, to give challenges. And it's not me saying like, oh, what that looks like is every day, you know, before dawn, it's always, it always has to be before dawn, doesn't it? Um, although dawn's about 10 o'clock at the moment, so. Um, but, you know, you have to get up extra early, maybe five o'clock, and spend half an hour in prayer, kneel on the hard floor, the hardest floor in your house, make it painful, you know, like, like it's not it's not that, but like realistically, if we don't choose even small spaces, or even if it's saying actually I'm going to really commit to journey group, I'm going to actually be there and I'm going to invest in that time. Or for me, I think the main one I was telling someone earlier, um, I've kind of gone into this new year and I'm like, okay, a tiny change that I can make in my life this year is I can once again stop taking my phone to the toilet. And I think I think that might actually genuinely be quite an important spiritual move. Um, for me, because like that's a, a it's a very small point in the day where I get a little bit of time to myself most of the time. Like sometimes, sometimes toilet time is not respected by certain members of my family, but but like but by and large, you know that's that's 25, 30 minutes that I can. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> um, where I can actually like that's that's a window of time where I can actually read and pray. Where I can actually say, okay, God, here's the day. Here's me. This is, 
this is me. Um, <laughs> and and that if I don't choose that, and I go into the toilet with my phone in my pocket, it's like I don't even notice myself doing it. You know, my phone's just unlocked, and I'm in Facebook again, even though no one ever says anything useful on Facebook. Um, and 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 actually, like it's a tiny thing. Like, it's a stu- like, kind of in some ways a silly example, but it's also like all of us can do something. Like I know all of us have hectic lives, and I know what you don't need is another preacher being like you should do this and you should do this and you feel guilty if you come next week and you haven't done your quiet time um but like realistically all of us can choose small ways where we allow this stuff to go a little bit deeper um in our lives uh, there's not kind of one way of doing that um now and particularly talks about like actually spending some time reflecting um, on your own life. He recommends Lectio Divina, like the spiritual practice of reading. I think that's really important. Silence, but also practices of community. Like that's a part of what he means by prayer in all its forms is being here um, and doing this or being in your journey group or whatever it is or service. Um, like the ways in which we serve, that's, that's all part of it too. Um, And just finally, and just really quickly, um, I love what he kind of sees as the fullness of what spiritual formation look like. It doesn't look like being holier than thou. It doesn't look like, um, again, it doesn't look like having all the answers. What it really looks like is this, that these things that reunite us with God, with each other, and with our truest selves. I love that vision of what a spiritual life is all about. I think that really rings true of what Jesus was hoping to do, what Jesus was trying to bring out in his followers and his friends. It's like, what does, what does a spirituality look like that brings you home? Home to yourself, home to those around you, that helps you look with compassion on others, that helps you come home to the God who loves you more than anything. Um, and I, I just, I love this. And really, like, that's what this all has to come back to. And as we kind of think about this stuff over the next couple of months, if it ever becomes not about experience it like encountering yourself with kindness and encountering God, then what are we doing? Um, but God's love is, is the starting point and the ending point um, of all that God wants to do in us. It's not just like he looks at us and thinks you're just not quite good enough at the moment. Let me sort you out a bit more. It's all the ways in which we've exiled ourselves from, from his love and from each other and that we, we need to come home. And that what that does is it kind of oh, it resonates with something in me that I'm like, yeah, I know that to be true. I know that, that my life is in some senses still in exile and that there's still some ways in which I need to come home to myself and come home to the God of love and come home to those around me. Does that make sense? Um, so thinking kind of like what to do next and um we're going to we're going to sing but um I was thinking one of the one of the kind of worship music groups that I found it quite easy to come back to in the last few years just over and over again is a band called United Pursuit um and what I love about their music is that there's this kind of it feels like there's layers that you can kind of listen to it on um where it's not all about just doctrine uh, it's about it's about heart. It's about um, an encountering a living God. And um, anyway, that's not a very good way of explaining it. But they wrote a song a little while ago called Head to the Heart, um, which feels like, oh, yeah, funnily enough, seems like a good kind of place uh, for us to land today. Um, and really kind of want to leave it up to you about how you do this song. Maybe it's just that actually it'd be a good moment just to sit and think, how is my heart engaged in in this. Maybe you just find that language really confusing and unhelpful, I don't know, but, but how, how is this going to meet me? Um, 
and going to form me over the next couple of months. So you might want to stand and sing. You might want to just sit and be. I don't know if that's an unhelpfully vague um, set of instructions, but you can do what you like, really. Sorry. Um, is that helpful, Mark? Cool. Um, oh, yeah. So stand up. Yeah. Okay, don't, yeah. whatever you do, don't sit down and ponder this song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even sway if you feel. Like you it's can quite sway, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. yeah, cool, great. Should we stand if we're able? Let's <laughs> see. We talked about this in advance. <laughs> 